Hello and welcome to the show. Mr. Go and the Feral Monk back again here to wrap up season two uh, on our yoga podcast. Today is the final limb in the eight limbs of Ashtanga um, as described by Patanjali. And today we're going to be discussing Samadhi. And Samadhi loosely translates to absorption in Sanskrit. And it also is kind of culturally uh, related to India um, pertaining to death. Um, like when someone really important, like a great yogi or saint passes away, uh, it's, that's their maha samadhi, their, their great death. Um, so yeah, right away, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it off to, to Mr. Monk. Hope you're doing well today, Mr. Monk. And uh, love for you just to kick it off and, and give us some good bits on, on samadhi and, and how all the limbs relate, relate to that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, doing good and, and just happy to, you know, be having these talks. It's been a, it's been a good uh, year of conversation. So um, it's nice to, to wrap up a second season of anything, but especially a second season on these kinds of topics, you know, because they actually have application in our lives. Um, Absolutely. Might, might seem unimportant, but if you were to, the average person were to really analyze um the sufferings and the things that happen to them in their lives and their reactions and you know everyone has these kinds of regrets like oh, i shouldn't have reacted that way and um but rarely do we stop and think of well, where do those reactions coming from um is it possible maybe to not be so reactive uh and maybe not not um, fall into so many pits along the way of along the path of life um so as you were saying, yes, yeah, samadhi is the is the eighth limb in Patanjali's system, um, and it does have connotations to death. Um, what it makes me think of maha samadhi, whenever a great yogi uh, dies, and it's it's called their maha samadhi, as a greater death. What I, what makes me think of is is well, it sort of implies that there's a smaller death that yeah. must have already happened, you know, and and because they've, as a yogi, they've they've probably attained samadhi already before their death. Mm -hmm. So if it has this connotation to death, well, what is it that's dying? Yeah. What is this death um, um, representing? What is it in us that is, that is dying? You know, and uh, before before we dive straight into that, um, I would like to also kind of sort of um, sort of pull up to that idea uh, with reminding us of, of, of these different limbs that we've gone through to get to this point. Right. Because we're, we're kind of talking about sort of a a process of self-discovery, of, of refining our character, developing our character. And so, you know, with the first two limbs, we start off with more like um, uh, moral precepts, you could say, um, things that have much, much more ethical in nature and external in nature. Yamas uh, and niyamas. The yamas and the niyamas. Then we moved on to, um, to asana. And asana is sort of like our first opportunity to sort of explore the body. And so we, you know, we discover tensions and holding patterns and muscle memory and, um, and sort of uh, got to the task of, uh, of loosening some of those physical knots um, in us that cause unwanted suffering. And we gain flexibility and strength. It's, it's, we have a body that feels good to inhabit at this point. Um, and so we're, we moved on to pranayama. As, as far as like stages, most likely we're incorporating pranayama into the, into the asana itself. 
And so we've expanded our breath, but we've consolidated our concentration. The body was a very large uh, object of concentration. The breath is a more subtle one. Um, and so we were refining and strengthening that concentration. Then we and then in that series of stages, with that understanding that we gained about the physical world, a lot of people stop already there, and that's fine. No harm in that. But if you continue on, you're going to eventually want to find out what's going on inside. How am I doing in here? And what do I mean with I when I'm, when I'm saying, how am I doing? Mm -hmm. um, these kind of questions should kind of naturally arise out of this process. And so Pratyahara is where we started to turn that attention toward the inside and, and the inner landscapes, um, emotionally, mentally, um, spiritually, are even subtler than the breath. So we, we had to refine and strengthen our concentration again <clears throat> and then, so that we aren't taken away with our feelings or, or taken away by our thoughts in, into different directions. But we saw the, the utility and the value in, in remaining focused on, on, on um, our awareness of the inner landscape as a whole. Um, that level or that quality of concentration spawns dhyana. Uh, it, it births this type of meditative state uh, of concentrated awareness on the inner landscape as it is. And part of that seeing it for what it is is implying insight. So um, that's in dhyana, at the culmination of dhyana, we've sort of come to the point where we've discovered the ahamkara in yoga. And ahamkara. Uh, simply translates to the eye maker. So there is this phenomenon uh, mentally inside of us that is, uh, has created an entire series of associated identities and stories around this central figure of I. And it's an orientation that is quite necessary for operation in the external world. And it very often goes unquestioned. You know, when I talk about me, I'm, I'm talking about me. What do you mean me? What do you mean which I? What do you mean? You know, right, so it's a subconscious it's, 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 thing almost. Yeah. And it's just taken for granted. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's been telling you your whole life what your name is and what you like and you don't like and what you're good at and you're not it's your favorite color. When you, yeah, and where you should work and what kind of job you should have and what kind of wife you should have and, or a husband or, or whatever, how many children or, you know, everyone's got an opinion on everything, you know, yep. and we've sort of, collected all of those things plus our own reflections on them and we've sort of developed this story of i and we've come to identify our very being with the story itself and so this story is sort of coloring everything that we see and experience in our external world but it's also coloring and and uh, influencing how the inner world is developing as well and so we're gaining insights into this sort of our, our, our tendency towards pleasure away from pain, um, uh, our likes and dislikes are, are becoming much more clear to us and the games that the mind is playing with us, leading us around to get what it wants, you know, almost like a junkie needs its fix of, of whatever it is of a thrill or adrenaline or peace or anger or whatever, you know, it's, it's, for the, for the body itself at the cellular level, it makes no difference. The, the receptors for your emotions are the same receptors on the cells that, that are used to, for heroin to dock on and for other drugs to dock on. So for the, for the body itself, it, it can be addicted to mental states. 
you know, to subtle mental states. And the mind will lead your actions to the fulfillment of those addictive um, urgings. Yes. And so all of this game is becoming clear in Dhyana, yeah. but it's the arising. The it's not you trying to take here to solve. Yeah. And it's not you trying to take information externally and stuff it into the, you know, to superimpose upon it and be like, oh, that's that. And that's that. And that's that. And it's arising naturally in your patient um, uh, attentiveness to that landscape. Yeah. And whenever those insights reach a culmination, the very story of I that we've lived with our whole lives becomes obviously false. We can see the, the falsity of it, and it's in, a, it's in a very obvious way. It's not something that you have to then second guess or anything else. It's extremely clear that this I is just a, a collection of stories and ideas and has no reality except for the one we give it. Yeah. yeah. And so when that culmination is attained, samadhi arises. And so whenever we were talking about earlier about death, what we're talking about here is an ego death. Yeah. You know? and, and so if we're talking about the ego death, you know, we don't want to be vague about it. What do we mean by ego? And it's that, it's that collection of stories centered around this idea of I. Identity. That has, mm -hmm. Yeah, that has a history. It has maybe uh, an ethnic background or a cultural background. It has desires. It has... Um, um, it has a history of mistakes and follies and triumphs, and uh, it's a very compelling story. You know, it's one that we're familiar with, and it feels very close to us. But at this particular moment, when that dissolves, whenever that that story dissolves through the understanding of our own experiential knowledge, actually seeing it in in ourselves, um, for what then, it is, yeah, then then that's where that's where the ego death happens, right? This I is no longer able um, to be seen as real. Uh, it can become a very fun, creative thing to play with, but it's no longer seen as real. And so that the danger of its deception has been eliminated. You know? Yes. Um, and so that ego death then in samadhi um, or, or purifying the mind or, you know, these, these sentences that get thrown around all the time, you know, what are you mm -hmm. purifying? You're purifying all this collected story and feelings and emotions and ideas. That's what you're purifying out. And if, if you're purifying something, and it, it, it sort of implies that something is impure to it. And if something is impure, like a, a, a pure stone means that it's only made up of that particular substance for that stone. If it's an emerald, if it's a pure emerald, it's only made up of emerald. If there's something else um, admixed into that emerald, it's an impure emerald. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the mind and stuff as well. What is it that isn't natural to the mind um, and therefore tainting it or causing it to be impure and purifying that out is this story. So when you're purifying the mind, you're, you're purifying of its obsession with the I story. Uh, when that happens, the, the fluctuations in our consciousness, this uh, constant ebb and flow of thoughts and ideas and, and begin to dissolve, right? And so then mm -hmm. you've attained the goal of Patanjali's yoga, which is already in the second sentence of the book, 
in the first chapter, which is entitled the Samadhi Pada or the Samadhi chapter. The second sentence is um, Yogas Chitta Vritti Nirudaha. And that is translated as yoga is the cessation of fluctuations in consciousness, right? And so now we've, we talked about it in an earlier episode, but now it should be much clearer what that means, right? It's, it's um, the cessation of these obsessive, uh, non-real um, story mechanisms running on autopilot inside of us, leading us into unskillful actions and, and emotions and thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that would be samadhi, the small death, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, I don't know, um, at least my ego wants to wants to paint it this way. It, it it's it sounds scary when it's at, when it's when it's, uh, you know, talked about as an ego death and like, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. an, an ego erosion, like sounds much friendlier to me. And so, yeah. like, you know, I can see like in uh, in my mind um, where the erosion of the ego, you know, through the practice of of the limbs um, can can achieve that kind of samadhi state. But like when I hear ego death, it just sounds like, oh, man, my, my ego is like, no, <laughs> everyone's ego is like, no, please. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is it? Why is it? Uh, why does it hang on so strong? Why is its grip so tight? And on our minds, do you think? Um, why does it want to survive so much? Well, it's a survival necessity, right? Yeah. In order to to uh, to operate in in the world, you need something to orient orient and, um, orient from, like a, some type of center of orientation that you can move from, you know, that you, that you can um, act in the world through. Mm -hmm. um, but I was thinking uh, while you were talking about, it, I was um, it came to me sort of the idea of um, ego death and erosion of the ego. We could also just call it like the simplicity of confusing the story of yourself with yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just a confusion of, yes. of the story being you, you know? So mm -hmm. we can, we can take away a little bit the heavier connotations of death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but like imagine, that. imagine it's not all about time. us. It's not all about you, you know, it's, not, <laughs> no, it's really not. Definitely not. It's really not. <laughs> definitely not. But in Patanjali's time, you would, you would imagine like, okay, th there's not this, um, uh, worldwide um, internet full of every discovery and info of every human being ever in history, you know, and access to your pocket on a small device, right? So there's, there's death around and there's survival and there's hardship and there's suffering and there's human beings awakening to what is that? What, what is this? You know, like, yeah all this confusion and these ups and downs, emotional roller coasters, um, uh, deceptions, you know, like they, they write a lot about, for example, the, the idea of, um, uh, they, they make an analogy to like the identification with the false self, sort of being like walking down a, a forest path at night and mistaking a rope laying across the pathway for a snake. Right. You know? Yeah. There's, there's a misapprehension of reality you know, that happens because of that. Mm -hmm. And so they, they were 
aware of all these things. And these particular people were specialized in sitting for hours on end in absolute isolation, just trying to figure this stuff out, you know, just trying to figure it out because they see um, the needless suffering all around them and the hardship of survival in a wild environment. And, and they're trying to seek a solution to that. Um, the personality that they're seeking the solution through in the end becomes the easiest way to dissolve that suffering. Because if you're not completely hyper-focused on the story of yourself, then it's not so indignant when something happens to you. Like, how dare life do that to me? I mean, mm -hmm. me. You, yeah. you can't do that to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, why do you do this to me? Why yeah. hast thou forsaken me? <laughs> yeah. Me, it's all about me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No? And so, and so they noticed um, through, through that passive awareness that all of these thoughts and things going on were being watched by something that wasn't involved in it. That wasn't caught up in it. It was just watching it. It was experiencing it. And, Observing. And, yeah and so that that started to develop the question of well what is that you know what is yeah. that thing that witnesses without being entangled in it because it seems to be it seems to be of such a purity that it's untaintable you know? and yeah. so it was a very um very yeah. deep insight for a time period that had one thousandth of the information we have only one millionth of the information that we have today and it was done by people with no special instruments um, other than themselves sitting down with an honest genuine um, desire to find out what's what you know yeah and so pretty amazing what so the main thing would be sort of to realize that that it's it's a confusion of yourself with your story Mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, a misrepresentation of it in your mind yeah and so the the ego Skewed. itself isn't isn't something necessarily bad you know it isn't something necessarily that has to be um doesn't have to be your enemy yeah you don't have to kill it mm -hmm. you know no but but um but it's 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 much easier to play with it without being in danger if you have that clarity, you know, you can build up interesting things in your personality. You can change it at a whim whenever you feel like it and stuff. But if inside that, that clarity um, remains, then, then it's completely inconsequential, you know, whether, whether you still have, whether you still answer to your name or something like it's something that I have a little bit of a, it irks me a little bit about like um, quote unquote spiritual people. You know, there was one guy that, uh, that I used to visit sometimes um, who was also really into Vedanta and these kinds of things. And I'd come in and I'd be like, hey, how you doing? He'd be like, I don't want to know. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, want to drink a tea? <laughs> I don't know if I want anything. Yeah, but okay, brother, but we can't get anywhere like this, you know? Like, it, it's not no real what around. you're doing there. Yeah, and it's not really real, you know? That, that to me, like it stinks of personhood, you know, yeah. of like they're trying to control their ego. Don't let it out, you know, but the thing doing the controlling is also the ego. Yeah. You know, they haven't seen yeah. through that story in a real way yet. 
So it's not a creative, um, they don't have the playful, creative fun with the ego that was intended. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know? You're not going to beat it. You can kind of join it, you know, but yeah, don't let it over overtake you. And I think that's, you know, kind of what he was doing or, you know, yeah, or and, like and, often and, the analogy is master and the servant on yeah. the flip side of the coin, even. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Your mind is a great servant. Don't let it become the master. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good because lesson. it's because it's always missing information. It's always incomplete because all the mind can do is chop things down into little pieces and then try to recorrelate them. So it's, it's not getting, it's never getting a whole picture of something, mm. you know? No, nope. the mind is, is able to stand in front of a waterfall and it's imagining how many gallons of water are flowing over the waterfall and like, okay, well, how much water with it? And it's doing that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The being is standing in front of the waterfall completely absorbed in the beauty of the moment you know and so yeah. we've all had we've all reached samadhi before without without yoga if you've ever been completely absorbed in anything in your life you were in samadhi mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. if you were so absorbed that you lost the sense of your story self you were in samadhi right right yeah yeah we talked about that uh last season um that moment where you lose track of time yeah you know, and time yeah. seems to just not exist because you're so wrapped up in the moment yeah it, at the very least it becomes irrelevant mm -hmm. to the moment you know yeah. yep yeah and awesome. so that that's that's that nice long um series of stages that patanjali sort of laid out you yeah. know for this this possibility for human beings and what it's turned into since then is another story you know it's a um, Today, unfortunately, it's a lot of marketing. You know, people uh, are very unclear about things, even, even whenever they know. They can be intentionally vague because they need you to come to the next seminar and the next seminar and the next class and the next class because the, their livelihoods depended on it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not a, it's not a very good thing where their sense of power is dependent on it or their sense of worth, self-worth is dependent on it. And all of these kinds of things are, are um, people who maybe have, yeah, they maybe have like an intellectual grasp on what it means, mm -hmm. but they haven't actually gone inside and checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. So go inside and check it out. So go inside and check it out. Ain't, I mean, ain't nothing going to happen. It's all good. Get in there. And there's no crazy dragon going to come out of nowhere and like, you know, cause you to go insane and send you into a mental hospital you know that's that's the mind using using fear tactics to keep itself as the primal as the prima primacy of self mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah it'll play it's, it's fighting for its life <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely man i think that's a good stopping point um is there anything else you wanted to add as we wrap up this this season here um, I would put my little like end touch on the whole thing of you don't have to do this through yoga, right? This, this season was dedicated to how we get there within the yogic system. Mm -hmm. Next season will be how we get there within another system yeah, or within another uh, philosophical idea or another religious tradition or um, the shamanic traditions of indigenous people or 
whatever that might be. What, what's interesting is that um, the sort of the blend of, of Patanjali and Buddha can get us there with the most clarity, the fastest, you know, so that where the objectives are very clear and you're doing specific exercises to do certain things. Yeah. Some other traditions have, have their expositions in a more dreamlike language. It's much more poetry. Mm-hmm. It's much more intended to, um, to create sort of a sense of truth rather than like a clear um, um, intellectual uh, like view of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that, that would be the last thing I would add to it is that if, if you've chosen yoga as your path, you know, good for you. It's, it's a good one. You can get there if you've chosen something else. Good for you. Take some of the ideas that we've talked about and start trying to apply them um, to your own traditions. You know, ask questions. If you if you get good at asking questions, you'll you'll figure out whatever it is that you need to figure out. So. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks again, everyone, uh, for listening and watching. Um, it's been it's been fun. It's been really informative. I appreciate all you've shared, Mr. Monk. And um, I look forward to our future discussions and conversations as well. Yeah, I appreciate you too, brother. Yeah, one love, baby. All right, well, Mm. everybody take care of themselves out there, and uh, we will see you soon. Mystery Go, Feral Monk out.